Greetings. Welcome to the Asana Kitchen podcast. Uh, before I get started, I'd like to tell you I'm into my spring workshop schedule, and I would love to see any of you at um, the various places that I'm going, which are, I'm going to give you the list, Calgary, Reno, New York City, Paris, Mallorca, Spain for a retreat, and Dortmund, Germany. Okay, so <laughs> if you can make it to one of those places, I'd love to work with you. So what I'd like to talk to you about today is it's based on uh, my own experience, what's happened to me over the course of time in my Ashtanga practice, and then also uh, in the experience of my students and that I've been feeling, uh, that I've been encountering. It's kind of answering questions or asking questions like, so where is your practice leading you? What does the future look like? What happens when, in a certain sense, you dead end? Like, when there's no new series? Like, you've gone as far as you can go. And you're, you can't do any more advanced asanas than you do. Or, and so you're not going to learn new postures. And what happens when your body doesn't necessarily flow as well as it used to. So you can't do as many vinyasa. And so I think that many people answer that question by either um, lessening their um, devotion to practice, um, loving it less, doing it less, uh, looking at other aspects of yoga potentially, or not taking yoga seriously anymore. Um, and you even get the seventh series, like that you, you kind of enter into the, your worldly life more. So what happens when I continue to practice, but I can't do the series like it's written anymore? And it doesn't work for me. And am I still doing Ashtanga? Or am I like banned from the club? You know, and, and what I'm advocating for, what I've discovered within myself is for one, heck yes, I'm still doing Ashtanga. And the, in fact, the spirit of Ashtanga is so embedded in me that I couldn't be, I couldn't be out of the club even if I wanted to be. Like I practice according to what I've learned. And I benefit from that every day, even though I don't necessarily strictly do first series or second series or third series every day like I used to. I just want to put you at ease, for one thing, is just to kind of understand there's a spirit of Ashtanga that is greater than strictly doing a set of postures in a certain order every day, <laughs> right? That that does not sum up what Ashtanga is. And there can be a kind of sadness or a grief aspect to, to to, the, to that, when the, the time comes when I can't do that practice the way I used to, right? And there can be a frustration about that or an anger or a, um, a judgment of yourself and a feeling wrong and, um, or, and a feeling potentially betrayed by Ashtanga too. That it's like um, that somehow... I, I faithfully put in my time, and now I've come to this place where there doesn't seem to be any answers. Like, there, it doesn't tell me where do I go from, from here. 
And in fact, it, if anything, I'm just supposed to feel guilty that I can't do it or, or something, right? Or stop doing it or what's the, you know, where do I go from here? And partly, I just want to tell you, there's many places to go from here. Many beautiful um, ways to be with the spirit of Ashtanga and yet open up a little bit and ex interpret the, 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 the method and the techniques and everything you've learned over the course of repeating. You can interpret those things in, in new ways and in ways that serve you and in individual ways. If we accept that Ashtanga is not about doing those series in that order, and there's a spirit of it, and you make it your own. And you do, and this is where the seventh series comes in. So I'm kind of appropriating that idea that seventh series is usually associated with having children or being really involved in worldly life. But I'm saying that you need to customize your Ashtanga practice. And so that there's six set series that you could possibly learn. But, and the seventh series, the ultimate series, is you customizing your series. And yeah, building your own practice that is in the spirit of Ashtanga. And even though you're not doing the series, you're still doing Ashtanga. Okay, and here's some reasons to customize, okay? Because in some ways you might, it would be nice if we could just do the series as they're written for our whole life, but things intervene. Okay, here's some reasons for customizing, okay? And so one is um, very practical. There's time constraints. Rather than just do this little thing every day, the exact same thing over and over because you only have 30 minutes or 45 minutes, you want to learn to mix it up. And how can I do things different, change the order, or do different asanas and still stay in the spirit of Ashtanga? Okay, well, that's, that's a question that you can answer in the positive. Okay, then I'm aging. Okay, so as you get older, you're going to slow down and um, just, it's harder to do all the vinyasa and certain asanas become out of reach. And so you have to customize, okay? And then customizing happens as a natural result of experience and mastery. It's like you, your creativity is aw awakened. And so you, you can take that knowledge and interpret it and use it in ways that serve you better than simply sticking with the series, okay? And then you customize for reasons of essential variety, okay? It is not positive for your body or your mind to do the same thing day after day, month after month, year after year. So you customize for variety, okay? And then, um, and it just leads to the kind of um, bashing, Getting rid of the myth that Ashtanga, that the ideal, that it's even an, an ideal in Ashtanga to, to do the series as it's written for your whole life. Okay, that's not even an ideal in Ashtanga. 
And, and what the ideal is, is to practice with the spirit of Ashtanga. And so that's what we're going to explore. What, what is the spirit of Ashtanga? And so what are the kind of essential ingredients that go into this daily practice that, that make it hold together as Ashtanga? So the spirit of Ashtanga, I mean, that's a, something for you to contemplate, for one. And to me, there's some general things, and then there's a lot of specific things, okay, both. And so I'm just going to go through some with you, all right? So, um, so one thing is just simply a basic order to do my poses in each day, okay? I start with Surya Namaskara, do some standing, do something, and finish with backbends and inversions, Okay? and then Shavasana. It's just that simple. That, and that is embedded in you. Okay? And it doesn't have to be necessarily in the exact order that first series is or second series. Okay? It's just that basic recipe. Okay? Another is simply the, the three um, things that constitute abhyasa in the Yoga Sutras. Okay? The, the Ashtanga gives you that, and that's its spirit. Consistency, long-term, and fire for practice. Okay, so you get on the mat and you're, you get on the mat six days a week, right? Day after day, month after month, year after year, and you bring some intensity to your practice. Okay, and then the, the spirit of Ashtanga is to value dynamism. Okay, and, um, and so... And that's partly in dynamic transitioning and learning to link my poses together into an unbroken series. Okay? So Ashtanga teaches you that, right? And not every style of yoga is like that. Okay? But if you do it for a long time, that becomes embedded in you. That one posture leads to the next. And that you, you learn this, um, the, the value of having setup positions, like when you go into first position before triangle and get ready, and then whoom, down into triangle where you stay, and, and up and out with the dynamic move, and down into the second side, right? So you never leave that behind um, when you customize, okay? And, um, and then also the, the lift up and jump back, and then the crouch and spring to jump through, that you retain that value on the, the, the idea of, that, of this crouch and spring, this contraction force uh, that sets up a, a, your transition and a spring, the, a dynamic action that takes you into position. Okay, so that's the spirit of Ashtanga. And you, and you value that crouch and spring even as you get older and you may do less of them or you don't bring quite as much um, punch or burst of power to the, the move, Ashtanga teaches you to live by that shloka that's, oh, yogi, always do asana with vinyasa. Don't do asana without vinyasa. And another thing you learn and especially if you practice with me, is 
that there's one universal asana that's the root of all asanas, okay? And so samastitihi is that asana. And it has other representatives like dandasana and padmasana and shirshasana. So that, that single line, the one yantra line, the, the, the central axis, that there's so much variety within the practice and so much movement, so many asanas, so many transitions, but yoga is about stillness, okay? And so, so the, the Ashtanga teaches you to see the similarities between the postures, okay? The, because, so to see that behind all that variety is actually just one position. And so in um, valuing that single position, that part of customizing your practice is learning to value the basic postures more, okay? The ones that have those um, single lines and the setup positions. So you learn to value the setup positions to the more advanced asanas just as much as you value the advanced asana itself. And then also through learning to value the single position, you also learn to value stillness more, okay? And so, and that's built into the system, that you have all these dynamic tr transitions that lead to moments of holding the posture and staying in position. And so, that's part of the spirit of Ashtanga, is to use dynamism to create stillness and to do that many times within one practice. And so you take that with you when you customize. Those are some of what I think of as the spirit of Ashtanga and what I try to take with me no matter what I do in my practice or bring with me and um, manifest or express. I do wanna give you some kind of practical ideas that, that are relevant to, to, to the, these reasons to customize so that for time constraint or for aging and for like I said, that out of mastery and experience come these, like, what do you actually do when you, you don't have to feel guilty about not doing the series anymore? That, that that's part of Ashtanga, right? That that's, that's like the, what you earn by putting your time in. So part of these, these, these are just ideas that I use in my own practice and that I, um, I teach people to use as well. So one thing is to see the everything in sections. Here's some examples of sections. You've got um, Surya Namaskara is a section. Standing postures. Um, the first half of first series is a section. So from Pashimottanasana to Navasana, or from, and from Navasana to Setubandasana. Each of the series um, seems to lend itself well to dividing in half. So for, in second series, from Pashasana to um, either Ekapadashirshasana or just after Ekapadashirshasana, and then from those poses to the head balances. And then third series, it goes from Vashistasana to um, Viranchasana B, and then from Viparita Dandasana to um, Ekapadarajakapatasana, and, and then the, the section of finishing postures. Okay, and so when you think in sections, then you can... Um, kind of represent sections 
um, when you practice. Like, um, you can do, you could do longer standing postures one, one day. Like, where you really get into the st standing postures and repeat or stay longer. And, or you emphasize the first half of primary series um, and then go to the first half of the second series and emphasize that. And so if you have, and if you have time constraint, then you highlight sections, okay? Is as one way of possibly customizing. Um, or the other thing is, is that you can skip sections. Just don't do a, a section um, or a number of sections. Like, um, like one thing that advanced practitioners do quite often is just skip the standing poses. Go from Surya Namaskara into third series or whatever it is that you do. So then you can essentially see the practice as having these chunks that you can move around. And then another way to use the sections is that you don't necessarily have to do every pose from a section to do the section. All right, so you don't have to do five A and B every day of the Surya Namaskar. You could do five A and then move on, or two of each. And you can do one or two standing postures, or um, do a sampling of um, postures from the first half of um, first series, right? Make a kind of short form. This idea of categories of asanas, it's, it's like sections, but it's a little bit different. Okay, and so I want to also introduce this to you. Um, and to me, you can work in categories of postures. So some of the categories are back bends, forward bends, hip openers, twists, inversions, um, standing poses, seated poses, uh, arm balances. And then there's kind of um, combining of categories, like there's back bends that are inversions, arm balances that are hip openers, and such. Okay, and so. And what you can do is decide to emphasize a category, okay? So you can focus your work on back bends for a day or forward bends. And then, and, and in that way, you can sort of combine your knowledge of sections with, with these idea of categories. So for instance, if you happen to do third series, you could do the back bends of second series and then skip to the second half of third series. So there's so many ways that you can um, combine things. So another way to customize is, and to um, deal with time constraints and aging, is to do less asanas. So an amazing way to uh, customize is to do fewer postures and to, to stay longer in the posture um, and extract. There's kind of limitless knowledge that you can extract from every asana. And you'll get your favorites, your, like Sarvangasana, Shirshasana, Viparita Dandasana, Padmasana. Okay, so you're meant to explore your postures for more than five breaths at a time. Go into that. And then, and then also, there's a lot to extract from repeating a posture. And so that's part of doing fewer asanas. That's some examples of how to customize your practice.
Now, and then one last theme that I want to speak to you about is this idea of that of a progression. Okay, so that Ashtanga is part of the greater yoga family. Okay, so and so you can say that Ashtanga is a it falls in the branch of Hatha Yoga. Okay, so it's a form of Hatha Yoga, and and you're trying to extract Hatha Yoga knowledge out of your Ashtanga practice. And then you're trying to use that Hatha Yoga knowledge to learn yoga. Okay, and we're just going to step through that uh, a little bit, what that means. Partly how I describe extracting Hatha Yoga out of Ashtanga Yoga is I take the first, I take the four chapters of the Hatha Yoga Pradipika and, as techniques that you're trying to get from doing your Ashtanga practice each day. And those um, four chapters are asana, pranayama, mudra, and samadhi. Okay, and so we just went into a lot of detail about how to extract asana from your Ashtanga practice. Okay, so, um, so I'm gonna give you some examples of how to extract pranayama and mudra and samadhi. Okay, so Pranayama. So Ashtanga teaches you pranayama. It, it, and that's an amazing thing about it. And it, it combines movement with breath. It's called a breathing and movement system. The vinyasa, it exists to help you open up to your breath, to, um, to be in relationship to your breath, uh, to know breath as an ally in um, meditation and in a spiritual practice. You learn to use breath as a bridge between your physical posture and the consciousness that you arrive at in stillness. Okay, so it's quite amazing what you can extract from um, Ashtanga about learning about pranayama. Okay, and um, so ujjayi, the, the standard breath you use with Ashtanga, it teaches you um, how to lengthen your breath and how to control your breath. And then um, what we said earlier about that the spirit of Ashtanga is valuing the single position and its closest representatives. And so part of uh, that is that when, when you do any posture where your three main body masses, your pelvis, torso, head, are in that single yantra, the one danda, the staff, then you can explore the end of the breath. And so you use the vinyasa positions to explore the, you explore the end of the vinyasa position to explore the end of the breath, okay? And in that way, you become a skillful breather. And you also learn to breathe up and down the axis by finding the ends of the breath. That naturally leads you to exploring the breath as two vayu patterns, okay? two movements of prana inside the body. So the in-breath is called prana vayu, and it's an ex expansion force that goes from the base up to the peak. And the out-breath is a contraction force that moves from the, the palate, the heart center, down to the base. And these are very basic um, pranayama teachings. Okay, and then also you learn to explore breath as the 
kind of the very first pair of opposites, almost like yin and yang, that lead you to the stillness or the unity behind the stillness. Let's move on to mudra. Okay, so that the practice itself teaches you to discover th this technique. That it, and it means many things, but it means seal, for one, or like a sealing in of energy. And that's why bandhas are mudras. So bandhas are energetic locks that you find at the end point of the positions, the, trans, the, the vinyasa transition positions, and also at the end of the breath. Okay, so when you breathe in and fill up your lungs, that's where you find Jalandhara Bandha. When you empty out and come down to the base, that's where you find Mula Bandha. And so many of your setup positions to the asanas that are found in the Ashtanga sequences, uh, they, they lend themselves to teaching you Uddiyana Bandha, to the, the flying up gesture. So another definition of mudra is, uh, is gesture. Okay? And so we can say that the crouch and spring, so all of your transitions are uh, mudras. They're gestures. And they are regularizing movement. And so the, both this regularizing movement and the um, sealing in of energy, uh, sealing in of awareness, they're leading you closer and closer to the stillness that is yoga, that brings you to a state of yoga. Okay, and that leads us to samadhi, which is absorption or nirodaha or cessation of activity. This is kind of the ultimate technique of yoga. It's where everything you do is kind of leading to. So all the Surya Namaskara, standing poses, seated positions, all the leg behind the head, the inversions, all the breathings, they're all taking you to this ultimate technique of stopping the body, stopping the movement of energy in the body, steadying your senses, steadying your mind, and, and kind of arresting thought. And then, then, that's when yoga occurs, okay? And so when we're talking about the spirit of Ashtanga and like where is your practice leading you, right? So th th this is where it's leading you. It's leading you deeper into Hatha yoga and deeper into yoga itself. So this place that yoga is leading you to or when you arrive, when you stop your, all this activity, and then, then you, what's said is, the yoga sutras tell you is, it's, it's yoga's chitta vritti nirodha, right? Yoga's the cessation of the activities of the field of the body-mind. And then when that happens, tada drashtu swarupe avastanam. So you abide in your intrinsic essence as seer to the world. That's so amazing to me that what we are doing, that th that spirit, those that you, us, getting on there doing Surya Namaskara, jumping into our standing poses and lifting up and working with breath at the ends of the axis, all these, these beloved techniques that we're um, exploring and going into every day, that they're leading us to that ultimate state of yoga where we stop 
identifying with this material realm and, and peers through to this more profound sacred realm within us. Okay, and um, I just have this little poem here or, um, that's kind of speaking to that. And it says, Purusha, which is the drashtahu or the seer that um, is your essence. It says, Purusha, seer, visionary, your biggest dream, biggest, most profound, most sacred dream, most sacred vision of the world. So expressing your truth to the fullest, to do your utmost to be part of shaping the world according to your deepest, most profound wish, to find or express what you'd most like to leave behind when you depart. Sacred work, service to humanity, all beings, the earth, existence, calling, innate image of self. So you're born with a purpose to fulfill, unique, original, meaningful, born to see, do, be, make, share, and know. Okay, and this is where the spirit of Ashtanga can lead you. But also, let just kind of, I don't know, settle back to center for a minute and just get very practical in this, in what we're talking about, okay? Because for one, it, it can be very scary to um, mix it up, to kind of let go of um, doing those series in that order and like, and it's a very positive thing that's meant to happen, but it's also something that you might resist. And because, because of how much you've gotten out of repeating and doing it as it's um, written or how you've been taught. And so what I would recommend to you is to do it in small ways. Okay, to, to um, like make this customization happen as naturally um, and as much of a service to you as possible. Okay, so you, you can change things up only a little bit. And, um, and you can also, like I had one student that really got um, intimidated by it. And so I in instructed her to like make up her alternate series, like to actually write it down so that she knew exactly what she was going to do, even though it wasn't necessarily exactly third series or second series. Okay, and so make it work for you. And, and, and also then um, just trust that by, that, that, that if you love Ashtanga and you've kind of, that, that you can trust that you've absorbed the spirit and that when you need to change things up for whatever reason, that you're still, you're still in the club. You're still doing what you need to be doing. And, and you're still on the path that's leading to, uh, to yoga. Okay, so um, remember uh, to come see me in Calgary, Reno, New York, 
Paris, Mallorca, Spain, or Dortmund, Germany. I would love to work with you. Namaste.